Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now brought to you by World of Spas. Aching after a long day, World of Spas offers tubs designed with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, and relax with World of Spas. Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino Excitement. Bet on it. Open 24-7, 365. And you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you always wanted at Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Before we went to break, we did Oilers Game Day Trivia, Pro-Am Sports, and the question we asked, uh, which Oilers Hall of Famer led the Oilers in points in the series against the Jets back in 1990? Randy knew that the correct answer was Yari Curry, who had three goals and ten points. Uh, Randy will be entered to win an original autograph seat back from Northlands Coliseum signed by 12 legendary Oilers, including Hall of Famers Grant Fuhrer and Mark Messier. Check out ProMSports.ca. You can visit them, 12728 St. Albert Trail. Guests and orders now receive gift cards to Japanese Village, now open for lunch at Edmonton South, West Edmonton Mall, and Japanese Village, an afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. To the orders now injury report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Zach Hyman returns after an illness. Dylan Holloway remains out week to week with a lower body injury. Jets will be without Rasmus Kupari, who has a shoulder injury. They do get Gabe Velarde, who, like Kupari, came over in that deal with Alex Iafalo in a second-round pick for uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who signed an eight-year extension with the Kings at $8.5 million. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Get $10 bonus for every $50 gift card purchased until... The new year until December 31st. Visit royalpizza.ca where the stopper recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. It is time to hear from Winnipeg Jets general manager Kevin Shoveldayoff. Kevin is our Oilers Now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And we conducted this interview at the morning skate earlier today. Let's get to it. Kevin, your team's off to a pretty good start this year. Just a, a thought on how things have gone to date. Well, like anything, you know, there's always uh, there's always some challenges. Obviously, uh, we're thankful to have Rick Bonus back uh, now, but you know, early in the season, um, you know, we, we, we had a, quite a scare with uh, uh, with his wife Judy, uh, you know, taking ill, and, and obviously uh, we're a family here, so that that hit everybody pretty hard. But uh, you know, Scott Arneal, Brad Lauer, and Marty Johnson um, really did an outstanding job. Uh, you know picking up the, the reins and, 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 and kind of driving this team and it's a testament I think to you know how they're all on the same page you know and, and, and uh, we had a good training camp I think you know we're, we're second year under Bones's uh, tutelage and, and I think the guys are starting to understand a little more you know what his expectations are so um, it's early you know everyone's grinding still it's a, it, it's a tough league it's a, it's a hard league and but you got to stay even keeled and you know the next the next game is the most important one all the time. 
Uh, you talked about you had a good training camp, and you personally had a good start to the season because you got, you know, the offseason people said, what's going to happen in Winnipeg, specifically with Mark Scheifele and Connor Hellebach, and, and you got them both done to matching deals. I think it was around October the 9th. I think it was seven-year terms for both guys. Just a thought process on on taking care of business, especially given the context of a, you know, a Vesna uh, trophy-winning goaltender and then a number, a number one center. Well, we, you know, it, it kind of goes back to, you know, at the end of the year, we had obviously our exit meetings, and there's lots of emotions that are running there, but you have some some candid conversations with uh, with all the players, and, and uh, you know, uh, it, it takes some time to, to settle down, and, and obviously we were going to make some changes, uh, you know, in regards to, uh, um, you know, the personnel. We were, you know, looking at trading uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and, and um, I think that really kind of set the wheels in motion for us when we made that trade, and, you know, the return that we got, you know, signaled that you know, we want to try to win. We we like this group. We think that there's a chance that you know, with you know, maybe adding around the edges here, that we can uh, you know uh, catch lightning in a bottle. When you have a, a goaltender, when you have a, a number one centerman, you know, you've got the, the you know the pieces to start. You know, Josh Morrissey's you know certainly come into his own. Um, you know, so we sat down at training camp. Uh, we kind of let the summer go by. There were some conversations, you know, back and forth a little bit, but nothing overly serious. But when we got to training camp here, we. Uh, um, we, we talked about you know the direction. We talked about each individual's importance to the um, you know to the club. Um, you know certainly if we had got one, it would have been great. If we'd have gotten the other, it would have been great. But you know really you know getting both of them is what we set out to do. So we were excited when that came into place, and and I think it gave our group uh, a nice uh, a nice shot and um, you know in the arm and and uh, signaled to our marketplace that you know um, players like it here. There was two things that you know came in. In, in, in the conversations with both uh, with Scheif and with, uh, with Heli was that um, one, they wanted to win. That was their driving force but two, they wanted to win with this group. Well, it's, and it's interesting, you mentioned Connor Hallebach. I mean, it was Pat Burns that said, goaltending 70% of hockey unless you don't have it. You're playing a, t- a team night, the Edmonton Oilers, that are 32nd in the league in save percentage. Uh, and they think they got a good young goalie. He's just had a tough second year. That happens once in a while. Um, but it's got to be a little bit reassuring. When you have one of the top five goaltenders in the world in between the pipes on a, you know, you can start that guy 60 games a year. Well, the thing that is really reassuring is his attitude and, and his approach. And um, he came about it the right way. Obviously, he went to, you know, he, he wasn't a, a highly ranked uh, amateur player, you know, that, uh, you know, kind of just, uh, you know, played on the top leagues all the way through. He he really, really studied his craft. He really earned his way through, um, you know, had a great college career, uh, went on into the American Hockey League. Uh, played a you know a solid amount of games, and we were really fortunate at the period of time that we were in as a franchise that um, you know we, we had Andre Pavlik. He was making four million dollars, and um, but we knew that Helly was going to be our future. So we were fortunate that the, the veteran guys on our team, when we went to him and said, "Look, you know, I'm putting Pav on waivers. We're bringing Helly up, and we're going to play him, and he's going to be our goalie, and we're going to sink or swim with him this year because I think it's going to be important for our future." And they bought in. And the coach bought in, and everybody bought in. So it gave it gave an opportunity for him to, you know, take those next steps, go to college, go to the American League, you know, get your opportunity to be a starter without the necessary pressures of, um, you know, consuming you on a nightly basis. You know, learn your trade, practice your trade. But the the real impressive thing is is how hard he works in the summer. And so that, you know, when you're signing players to seven year deals at 30 years old, 
um, you know, those are the things that, um, you know, that you, you have to bank on. Kevin Shoveldale, the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. You have your farm team here, uh, and you have for a while. I, it, the Oilers are the only Canadian team that have got a team stateside in Bakersfield. There, I think there's pluses and benefits, but from your perspective, what have you seen as uh, why that sort of relationship works with having the uh, AHL team here? Well, it, it, there are pluses and minuses, and but you know, and we go through this each and every year. We talk about it. The pluses far outweigh the minuses. Uh, you know, for us, obviously, um, logistics. You know, we had our farm team for the first couple of years uh, in St. John's, Newfoundland. Um, logistics was an issue for us. Uh, you know, and, and like just a, a great, great, great mark. Like a, a wonderful hockey market to be in, but you know we'd finish a game at you know 10 o'clock here, and it'd be 12:30 already in, in Newfoundland. And if we needed a player, he had to be on a 6 a.m. flight, you know, travel all day to get here. So the wear and tear on the players was one thing, um, but for us, it, it's kind of part of our history. You know, like the Winnipeg Jets would not be in existence for it not for the Manitoba Moose. And um, you know, Mark Chipman and, and Craig Eisinger, they, you know, when when the National Hockey League left. Um, you know, they, they brought the American League team in here and, you know, kept hockey viable and live. And, and this arena was built because of that. Um, you know, so again, it's part of our heritage, but it, it does, you know, it does make it easier. Like even this year at training camp, you know, you, you, players drive to camp, they, they, they set up shop, you know, right. they, they know that they're going to be in Winnipeg, um, you know, failing a you know waiver claim or something like that, but they know they're going to be here. Th- this weekend, for example, um, you know, we play, you know, obviously Edmonton here tonight, we've got a Moose game tomorrow, we've got the Blackhawks on, uh, on the afternoon on Saturday, we've got the, you know, the Moose again on Sunday. I, you know, I get to watch, um, you know, our team play and, and, and never have to leave the city. Um, our coach, Bones, will, you know, slide over and you know, catch two periods of a game just, just you know, because he can, you know. And so it's important there. But, you know, sometimes, um, you know, things get maybe a little too close and, and you want that hunger from a player yeah. to, you know, to, to, to know that the, the gap is still there. you got to earn it. Kevin, how uh, aligned are the coaching staffs in terms of, uh, from, you know, the, the tactical perspectives, the structure and process you want the two teams playing the game with? Well, as aligned as you can be, you know, I think, um, you know, again, the coaches at the American League level are involved in all the coaches' meetings during the summer. Uh, they talk about philosophy. They talk about how they want to play. Um, you know, I, I think when it comes to things like, you know, the you know the, the, the forecheck, the neutral zone, the defensive zone, I think there's perfect alignment there. When it comes to things like power play, and stuff like that. You, you have to get creative with, you know, the group that you have and, and, and coaches, you know, have to do that. But, um, you know, you in our philosophy anyway, you do want them to, you know, when a player does come up that the transition period isn't a systemic one because then, then a player probably doesn't play as fast as they can or whatever and they have to think. You, you want it to be as seamless as possible. I grew up in Edmonton playing against Todd Ewan and, and John Cordick. And in fairness to John, he wasn't an overly intimidating guy until he went to junior Todd was the best player, who just happened to be a guy capable of knocking out Bob Probert later in his career. But you played on a pretty tough team in junior. Uh, I have an appreciation for guys that are capable of doing business. And you guys have a guy in Adam Lowry who's got a leadership ability and will take on anybody. And uh, and is, you know, a guy that matches up some nights against the likes of Economy David. Just a thought on having leadership like that. Well, we're really proud of, uh, of, of Adam. Uh, and you mentioned Mark Shifley. Th- those were our first two draft picks. And in, in our, you know, when we moved over here from the 
the Thrashers moved into Winnipeg. Um, our first ever pick was was Mark Shifley. We didn't have a second round pick that year, so our second ever pick was Adam Lowry. And, and now both of those players have gone through our development system. They've they've grown, uh, and, and we're really proud to have Adam as our captain. I think you know it embodies what Winnipeg is. The way he plays is, I think, what what Winnipeg is all about. You have to punch above your weight. You have to you know uh, be the underdog sometimes and and come to play. But Adam's earned everything he's gotten, and, and uh, you know we're fortunate. Like he is a throwback type of player, um, but you know he's uh, uh, you know he's a Winnipeg Jet through and through, and, and, and we're really fortunate to have him. Uh, you mentioned Atlanta in the last year they were in the league. I went into uh, Sanford Stadium in Georgia, and there was 140,000 people uh, tailgating. 90 thousand in the stadium. The next day the Oilers played uh, the, the Oilers played the Thrashers. It was a Sunday afternoon game. There were six thousand people there. Uh, I'm I have a little bit of a Canadian arrogance in me uh, that you know this is where hockey belongs, but also an appreciation for the uniqueness and challenges of uh, the intensity of the Canadian market. And I brought up Atlanta and Georgia because to me it's almost like SEC football. That's the religion that is hockey in Canada. Um, you know, I think if you're in the Southeast coaching as a hockey coach, maybe you get a longer uh, run. But if you're an SEC football coach, you're Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M, you're getting $76 million to go away. That just comes with it. And that's where I want to go next is, you know, is it a cop-out or is it harder to win in Canada because the intensity in the marketplace and some of the challenges at times in retaining some of your best players? Well, it, you know, the, the statement should begin with it's hard to win in the National Hockey League, period. Yeah. You know, and, and um, you know, the Canadian markets are passionate. There's no question about it. But I always say that, you know, you, know you, you should embrace that. You should enjoy that because it's when they stop asking for your autograph. It's right. when they stop asking questions. It's when they, you know, stop telling you what to do on the power play. That You know, that's where the apathy comes in. And, and you don't want that ever to happen in this sport. But, um, you know, for, for some, it is not their cup of tea. That That is... You know, but but that's in any sport. That's in any industry. That's in any job. You know, like there's there's lots of players in this game that are you know have star talent, but don't want to be the top billing. You know, and and you see it all the time. And and uh, you know, it's um, but there's lots of players in this game that say, I love that. Like I want to be challenged. I want to be pushed. And um, you know, again, we we're, we've been very fortunate in our market here that it, it's you know certainly it's tough. It's passionate. But we've had guys like, you know, Dustin Bufflin who had an opportunity to leave and, and re-sign. We had Blake Wheeler who had an opportunity to leave twice and re-signed. Um, you know, and, and like you just mentioned here, the, um, you know, the two players that we signed this summer, they, they clearly could have taken, you know, taken their, their net in their puck and gone wherever they wanted in, in 12 months. So um, those are the kind of guys we want. Those are the kind of guys we need to draft, and, and that's the kind of team that we need. Much right. appreciate your time. Thanks very much. That is Kevin Cheveldayoff, uh, the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets. It's 520. When we come back, we'll get to 420 in Edmonton. We'll get to this day in Oilers history. We're at Canada Life Center, Winnipeg, the Oilers and the Jets. Uh, that is a 6 o'clock Edmonton time puck drop. It's currently 423 in Edmonton. We have a trade in the NHL. The Calgary Flames have moved Nikita Zadorov in the division to the Vancouver Canucks to give up a 2024 fifth. And a 2026 third. That ain't much. Agreed, Brendan Escott? 
I agree with that. I think that if you're going to do some sort of discount deal like that, just to wash your hands of that situation, you don't typically see them do that within the division. That's 100%. a very interesting move. And frankly, I would have liked to have seen Zadorov as far away from the Pacific Division as possible. He's difficult to play against. He's and he's gotten a lot better for me in the last couple of years. And I don't like, you know, he's not a timid man. I mean, he's had some geopolitical comments that... There'd be some people in Russia that wouldn't be too happy with, and he had some comments about the lack of commitment of his own organization, and uh, now he's on the Vancouver Canucks, and I wonder if that takes him out of Ethan Bear. Everybody thought after the trade yesterday uh, that saw Beauvillier uh, get moved uh, that uh, this was a harbinger of the Canucks signing Ethan Bear. Well, instead, they've, they've gone out and gotten Nikita Zadorov. We're going to go to the Stan Oilers history for New West travel. Our Nashville trip to start the season sold out. Our Montreal road trip, well, we ended up having to buy another set of tickets on top of it. Uh, two suites in Montreal. We're going to have over 60 people there. That road trip is sold out. We will be announcing our next Oilers Now road trip shortly. Brendan Escott's going to take us uh, about 27 years ago today. And uh, this day in Oilers history. Yeah, back to 1997 we go. The Oilers hammering the Sam, uh, San Jose Sharks 7-1 in a game that saw five fights. Imagine that now unless I guess the Ottawa Senators and uh, Florida Panthers are playing. Uh, George LaRock fought Barry Potomsky twice. Greg DeVries fought Owen Nolan twice. And Jason Arnott picked up a couple of goals and an assist for Edmonton. Doug Waite with four assists of his own. Yeah, my my, my uh, graphic says something about Mary Tchaikovsky in it, and uh, I can tie this into Barry uh, Potomsky. There was a very famous Russian film named Battleship Potomkin, Okay, and Marius Tchaikovsky, uh, I might have been yesterday's this day in order's history, uh, Marius Tchaikovsky at one time was dating Isabella Skorupko, and she was a Bond girl. So there's your useless six degrees of separation from uh, 1905 Russian film studies and the great Sergei Eisenstein uh, to Isabella Skorupko and one of the greatest series of all time, James Bond. Of course, it was Isaiah Bond of the Alabama Crimson Tide in the uh, uh, Iron Bowl this weekend over uh, Auburn. All right, uh, Frank Cervelli for Daily Faceoff tomorrow for Horse Racing Alberta will join us along with George LaRocque. And uh, we'll tell you that you can experience live standard bed racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack. For more information, head to thehorses.com. We're going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with James Dunn. Reed Wilkins is going to have the City Ford face-off show. I will join you at, uh, I guess, 5.05 Edmonton time and Cam Moon at 5.20. So uh, we'll head off to global news weather traffic update. Special thanks to Derek Scott along with uh, Tyson Ruwicki and Mike Guy here in Winnipeg for helping us get through uh, the engineering segments of the show today. Thank you very much. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.